Cut Radio. Come and throw on your watch. <laughs> Oh, and we're back. Oh, I got pointed at multiple directions. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Trade Mutt Radio. We are very lucky to have a new guest in the studio, uh, one that we've had uh, a few dealings with over the last couple of years. And He's been in here before. Uh, he has been in here before. We've been on his podcast, and now he's on ours, so it's good to be able to pay it back. And... Uh, he started a new gig full-time, Humans of Ag, which is uh, a media company. It's new. We're going to hear all about it. Uh, and our guest today is uh, Ollie Laleve, and I've said that correctly, haven't I? Nailed it. You little beauty. Ollie, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here. Thanks, fellas. It's a pleasure to have you. So it looks a bit different since the last time you were in here. Yeah, I think we were like in the darkness, on couches. Yeah, we're on the little seedy couches here in the corner. Yeah, you were just talking about my big toe on that painting <laughs> over the wall there, which was a bit weird, but anyway... Have you got a camera angle just on that? Or no, that's, thankfully. That's, that's taken straight off a photo. So Yeah, it's come up really well. Big sassy Kieran, he's done a great job there. Um, but he was a bit concerned about the frame, but we like it. It's a bit... Uh, the frame's the best part about yeah, it, Yeah, I reckon to so too. It, uh, it adds a lot of value because what's on the painting is fucking horrific. So we look shocking. But uh, Ollie, mate, thanks for coming in. We missed each other in Sydney on uh, Monday. So we're both down there for the grain growers innovation conference having a chat so you pre- were you presenting or did you you were on a panel or what what did you yeah what so we I, I was literally i had a, the easiest job i reckon i spoke for all of two minutes oh, quick you? a quick sack and then um <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah had a little bit of a debate so <laughs> did you know what was the debate about um it was actually bloody interesting so it, it was we had uh, a team for and against obviously as you do in a normal yeah. debate um yeah. But, yeah, six kind of uh, – some industry leaders, some kind of up-and-comers, and it was that the, the topic was the consumer's always right. Oh, yeah. I saw um, about this on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah so no, Which side were you on? Mate, I was just in- introducing people. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Oh, you were moderator. Proper on the fence. Okay. Oh, Timekeeper. So who won? Had a few roles. Um, well, oh, I don't know. It was kind of a draw, actually. <laughs> yeah, geez, you moderated well. <laughs> if you had to pick a side, which one would you go with? Jeez, you're making me pick, aren't you? Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's an interesting one because, God, there are a few points that, like, blew my mind. So, in the team against um, – so, it's basically that, yeah, when it comes to the right to farm in Australia, the consumer is always right. And as the ones who wear or buy your product eat it, um, yeah, what, what they say and do kind of really influences you. And there's kind of – well, one of the points was in the against that the consumer is definitely not right was that – marketers are actually right and this part like blew my mind and it was saying so in circa 2002 a little footwear company crocs was launched and the product was shit like well the product was the same as what it is now but it, it did didn't go anywhere 20 years later every influencer wants it they've now got their own little feature parts of shoe parts 2.6 billion dollars in sales the product hasn't changed just the way that it's been marketed has. And so it was really interesting that, yeah, marketing's got a huge oh, massive. Play. Well, they talk about how... Um, That's good to hear. There's hope for trademark yet. Yeah. Hey, stick with us, <laughs> listeners. Um, no, like milk, right? And, oh, fuck, you know, I'm this this could be wrong. Someone will have to fact check this. But something about, like, milk, when they were... Because no one was drinking milk, right? Like, fuck, we need people to start consuming milk. So they're like, right, I, you know drink it for like strong bones and like you need it for like all this you need calcium like you need to be drinking milk right so everyone started fucking drinking milk and saying that it had to be part of a balanced diet by like which it never originally was but marketers said you know you, st- you got to start drinking milk this is it's important for you to start doing it so that's like the the growth of actually like the milk industry because it never used to be a fucking thing 
You yeah. know what I mean? So it's it is it is the way marketers have put it. It's the same with like like eggs, like having fucking yeah. It's it's really Everything. interesting. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Fucking dirt scrubs for your face. <laughs> Surely they do nothing. <laughs> That's really good for you. You need this. Yeah, I know. You always it talked is. about getting mud from the uh, what's the, ri- the river that runs through Long Oh, the Thompson, Thompson River. Yeah, the mighty, the mighty Thompson. Hey, that was another fuck. We had some business ideas over the years. Well, you ba- bag it up and bag then it up sell and it sell it, it, mate. Fucking influencers. Oh yeah, it's great for your skin. <laughs> Stick it all over your head. You know, fuck. Put it on Instagram. Get it around you. Anyway, um, <laughs> mate, tell us about the humans bag because you were doing it. Obviously, you know, I've, I was on the podcast. Um, we were both on the the other episode of the podcast um, yeah. together. And it was sort of like your side hustle, as, as everyone calls things these days. But now it's your, your full-time gig. So tell us, what is Humans of Ag and, and what are you up to? Yeah, so, well, Humans of Ag started a few years ago, 2019. And I guess, like, so, um, full disclaimer, I'm a city boy, grew up in Sydney, but kind of fell in love with ag from a young age and just always had this, like, affinity, wanted to be a farmer growing up. And how did that happen? So mum's family were farming. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so they farmed down in Western Victoria. <laughs> WD. Yeah. Must be very nice. Well, probably like right on the edge. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it is very nice. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, kind of just – it always felt like home. I was lucky to spend school holidays there. Um, would go back home to Sydney, spend, yeah, the school term, come out home, jump on a plane and head off. So I kind of did that from the age of 12. was the first time I remember jumping on a plane by myself. Okay. And I just loved it, like open spaces, chasing sheep, yep. riding motorbikes, the dream. So – yeah, that was kind of where the love frag started. Going through high school, all I wanted to do was just go farming. So that's what I did after school. And then I decided I probably should get a degree. Like, well, I was probably pressured into it a little bit. You know, you've got to fit the norms, go and either do a trade or go and do a degree. So I went down, started a degree, dropped out because it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And then, um, this is a long way. What were you doing? What degree? We, no, no, it's all right. Mate, it's a long form podcast. You can fucking yeah. scoot around as long as you want. What was the degree? I was doing ag economics at Sydney. Okay. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, not very successfully. I was, had a little bit of a mowing business on the side and that Did was going you? pretty good. Yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. Fuck. I just want to fucking buy a zero-turn mower and just cut lawn. Really? It's so good. We follow a guy on um, Insta, Tim the, Tim the, Tim the Lawn Tim the Lawn Man, and it's fucking, he sets his camera up and he does the, obviously you got to do the edges first. Mate, it's like hypnotic. It's, it's so porn. nice to watch. It is lawn porn, exactly. Oh, yeah, I do, I do love mowing lawns. It's great. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe you could do it full time though. Well, I mean, I'd give it a go, and it'd be good fun. Like just on a zero turn mower, mate. Like I drive past parks all the time. I'm like, if I owned a zero turn mower, I'd actually bring it down here and fucking cut that. It's probably just the, do it it's probably because forest, the forest gump concept. Oh. Like, mate, make enough money, and you can just cut people's grass for free. Yeah, it'd yeah. be so much fun. Anyway, so, so you got out of the lawn. Ag economics, business. ag economics at Sydney Uni. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a forest gun. <laughs> yeah, so you dropped out of that. Yeah, so. And how did um, your folks go when you told them you were fucking dropping out of uni? Oh, they probably, yeah. I don't know. No, like, I had a backup plan. I was going down to Marcus Alden where you were, Rossi. And, yeah. Um, so that was, it was actually like the first uni I wanted to go to. Got talked out of it through high school and then kind of ended up coming full circle. So, yeah. When you originally wanted to go to Marcus. Yeah, in like year nine and ten, I looked at Marcus, put it down as my first choice, and who got talked, talked you out of it? Careers advisors. You're kidding. Yeah, but I think like ag, and it, and it's probably why I'm so passionate about the industry today. Is like the, it's just so misunderstood. What did they say to you to talk you out of it? What was so bad about it? Oh, they're just like just go to a generic business degree, and then you can go and yeah, you multi something from there. Yeah, really. Mm. Yeah, right. Because they are more specialised, I suppose. Like it's farm management. Agri business management or equine business management. But you ended up there anyway, and you paying for both degrees. 
Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely paying for it. Well, <laughs> I actually, well, maybe it's accruing interest. That, yeah, there's, there's quite a large figure there that is going up. So technically not paying for it yet. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. That's nice. Yeah. And so, uh, Marcus, and what did you do there? Did Agri. Yeah, did Agri. So, yeah, jumped in, did the first year there. Actually started in second year because I had saved up credits from Sydney Decided after a week, I was like, no, this place is way too fun. I don't want to do nine months here. I'll do two years. So I dropped back into first year. Um, and then did the first year, headed over to Canada. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You decided you wanted to spend more time at college. Mate, that place was unreal. Fuck. One year there was more than enough. I only died there. Mate. Well, I reckon, yeah, by the end of the first year, it was definitely long enough. But <sighs> a weekend, I was like, I don't want this place. God, you just suck piss fucking four, five days a week. But does anyone actually make it through to the end at Marcus or does everyone <laughs> just get kicked out? Like everything I hear is no. you just, you know. No, no, it's actually extremely no hard. It's, <laughs> it's extremely hard. So I didn't get, I just got kicked off campus. But to get actually like kicked out, extremely hard. Well, it was when I was there. It was like you had to be, like the only bloke that got kicked off was a bloke that just, just kept breaking shit like a bus shit up all the time. <laughs> so what did like you get kicked off? Get I got kicked off college, yeah, yeah, out, out of campus. <laughs> uh, here we go. I mean, it was many indiscretions. Um, yeah, fuck, you know, you just play on oh, Wednesday night, you know, at formal dinners or whatever, like you just fucking turn into rats because, well, it was, it was just an ad college. Like Wednesday afternoons, you had no, they'd give you the last two periods on a Wednesday off to study which no one did we'd open the fucking pub everyone would just get laced on goon and then we'd have like a formal dinner so everyone was already absolutely spasticated we'd sit down for this three-course meal have that and then the whole place just turned into a f- yeah it was just a mess so 160 or whatever it was people just living yeah. together on this campus there'd be pool balls and shit through windows fucking couches on roofs shit set on fire it was just a I can't, what does it mean to get kicked so you, so you get kicked off campus so you're allowed to, to come, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to come to this uni but you're just not allowed to be here i wasn't allowed to start, no i was <laughs> no only allowed sleeping. to be there, yeah i wasn't allowed to be there for any social events or anything oh god right on. yeah so yeah, it was yeah. i had to yeah i got banished it was me and my other mate um we got yeah kicked off separate occasions different times but we were living together and obviously Ollie, like, you were far better behaved well i managed to make it through yeah, yeah. so yeah. quite an accomplishment really mate, nice. well done well yeah. done <laughs> and then what uh what from that what did you get into? You were working for... Oh, I've jumped around in a lot of roles. So, yeah, kind of um, the beauty of Marcus was that they get you to do work placement as part of your degree. So yep. jumped in and had a graduate role exporting asparagus of all things. <laughs> Delicious. Um, Vegetable. Yeah. I love it. Makes what? your wee smell, apparently. I yeah. know for sure. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so did that. And then um, <laughs> then I joined like an ag tech startup. <laughs> did you market <laughs> Were you, when you were marketing the asparagus, you are like, Australian asparagus makes your wee smell funny. Fucking get it into you. There you go. Marketers are always right. <laughs> well, I guess like in those um, Asian countries, it might come with a bit of status. So you go into the cubicle <laughs> and you're like, geez, he's doing it right. <laughs> he must have got a pay grade. <laughs> so you were slinging a bit of asparagus. And then, because uh, you were at Auctions Plus before, weren't you? Before you started. Yeah, before, yeah. so yeah. Um, most recently, before jumping into Humans Vag full time um, with Auctions Plus. So... And the brand content side of that business, which was unreal. Um, yep. Such a huge growth for, for the business and kind of yeah, the perfect storm there, yeah. in terms of what happened in the industry. So and then Was that like producing content type scenario or what? And so that's obviously helped to it heaps for what you're doing now. Your podcast, you do all your own production? Yep. Yeah, pretty well. So I've got a bloke who's working for me a couple of days a week now, just on the editing side. So I'm just trying to save myself a bit of time. But yeah, um, coming back, what is Humans of Acts? So we're basically a storytelling brand that um, we, we think people in agriculture have incredible stories to, to share 
there's a there's a real disconnect between kind of the agriculture industry, rural areas, but also the broader community. About eighty three percent of people say they've got a distant or non existent connection to agriculture. Yeah. And I guess for me, like I think ag, the whole industry, what we eat, how we produce it, has a huge role in kind of the future we where we're heading. So totally. Um trying to just focus in, share the real stories, real people, kind of find out more about interesting people and, and share connect them. that city country divide. Yeah, exactly. And and I think probably part of it, um, like as as I'm jumping into it more and more is you start to realise that just some people don't even really care. Like as in so so you really need to kind of focus in on who you're trying to talk to. And so I think at the moment the part which I'm really trying to address is actually how do I build up and kind of support people in the industry. So I see our role as humans of ag is actually like coming along, sitting alongside people and going, we've got the platform, you've got the story, let's help you share it in the best way that it can be for you. So it could be a video, it could just be a short little written piece, could be on a podcast. But if we can get the industry feeling a bit more prouder about what they do, being able to communicate it and articulate kind of the real why behind why they're involved in agriculture, yep. what they hope that the influence that they can have on people kind of right across the globe who are wearing Aussie products or eating Aussie products, then I think then we can start to move towards that next piece, which is around really engaging with the community and going, why don't you guys um, come and have a look at ag, um, understand a little bit more about what goes on behind the scenes and see how we're caring for the environment, how we're caring for animals, etc. Do you think the fact that you're originally a city boy has actually kind of helped bridge that divide? Yeah, I reckon, yeah, because... Like, as I said, people have pushed me away from our careers advisor had a huge influence. But I remember, like, uh, we, were, we were playing backyard cricket at Wolfie's Place and a mate of mine who I'd known since six years old, um, they asked what I was doing. Obviously, we put down our uni preferences just before year 12 exams. And I said, oh, I'm going to go do jackaroo next year. And they're like, and then go and do an ag degree. And they're like, why would you go and do ag? Isn't it just farming? And so I guess that's the piece. <laughs> the real driver behind me is, like, it's not just farming. And now, like, it, it's just such... It, the different roles that I've jumped around in it has just kind of I've only touched the tip of the iceberg, but yep. um, yeah, the industry is huge, so it's but, massive. And yeah. it seems that there's like well, what we were talking about yesterday, what you were telling us about with Cam Cam yep. Cranny, and like his interest in regenerative farming, regenerative ag, yeah. Um, and I mean, I've kind of always taken a bit of an interest to in like permaculture. I don't really have any, you know, I don't really do it much, but I like the concept of it and would like to know more. But what you were telling me about what Cam's doing is awesome. Yeah, and it's like I think. It's interesting, well, you know, what I'm doing now and I'm like, it's good having you on for this podcast because, like, we want to connect more with, like, rural Australia, right? And because, like, I feel as though, like, yeah, a pretty big level of disconnect and I see the, you know, because I'm from Longreach, obviously, if I can grow up. And I, I was only thinking about this before the, this podcast was, like, I've actually spent more time my working life in the ag sector than any other industry. So, like, it has been where I've spent most of my working, like, adult life and, and obviously growing up. But I feel the last – well, fuck, I haven't been working the ag industry since 2014. So it's like there's so much that I see from living, you know, in town now where it's like, oh, cattle and methane gas and fucking CO2 it's all an issue you know they're blah 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 blah. red meat's mm. bad for you gives you fucking bowel cancer all this stuff that you just get peddled through like the media and then I'm obviously really lucky enough to have like a lot of my really good mates that are in ag and like going out and seeing yeah Cam and his fiance the other day out there managing a place near Mooney and you know 
Last time I was out and saw what Cam did, he was like, you know, a building. He was on a building site. Now he's out there and he's showing me like he's got like he's growing sunflowers and he's like, you know, that's like region ag and he's got like these fucking radishes. I explained to Dan, it's like these massive radishes growing in these paddocks. And he's like explaining to me the reasons why all this is happening. I'm like, this is fucking awesome because it's like, you know, as you know, like the region yeah. ag thing, it's let's make things better rather than try and maintain and sustain. Like let's improve. And it's like those sorts of messages aren't getting through to the everyday punter that is eating their steak or having their asparagus and pissing a bit funny. It's like, you know what I mean? Like people yeah, aren't yeah, yeah. hearing what um, the ag community is doing to actually improve. And it's not obviously the entire ag industry, but I'd say a good portion and the good operators who are going to survive are doing that. You know what I mean? So we need to be able to relay that and let people know because, fuck, there's some really cool shit happening, right? And you'd be seeing that all yeah, the time. Yeah. No, 100%. And I reckon like probably where, where we've tried to talk to people is we talk – to like so even just the other day at that grain growers conference um someone at the very beginning was like oh put your hand up here if you're a grower and this lady on my table in the industry but from another country and she's like what's a grower and it's like so you have we have a certain way of talking in the industry where we use jargon uh, uh, the type of words that we use to describe ourselves like i could say yeah i'm a producer like but i'm a podcast producer i'm not a primary producer like yeah so i think where the huge opportunity is for the industry is actually how do we talk in like food Lame and fashion? Terms. Yeah. Okay. So let's yeah. talk about end products and then take people on a journey from that. And that's where I think with humans of ag, if we talk about sustainable fashion or sustainable food or whatever that might look like, um, how's it been produced, but who are the people that have been producing it? And I think that's where the, the humans part is really important because it's like, how do you humanize it? And then all of a sudden you start to work out the commonalities that that farmer or that person consuming actually do care about making sure that, the environment is well looked after, that the food's healthy and nutritious for them, that it's meeting their needs. Um, and, and how do you kind of draw it back to them? And they'll very quickly work out that there's things that they're both very passionate about and there's a lot more in common than they probably have apart. And so you can actually bring people together in a really kind of simple way. Yeah, and you don't know, like you don't know the stories. And I guess that's exactly what you're doing. Like what you were telling me yesterday about Cam and what he was doing, like that was super interesting to hear about the radishes. But we also went out to a cotton farm uh, when did we go out there? Oh. Two years ago? Pre-COVID. We were doing some cotton Australian-grown um, shirts, T-shirts. We went out to the um, to the cotton farm where it was happening and talking to the farmer, and he was like just explaining to us so passionately about how he plants his crops. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, X, you know however far apart. You know, his rows, yeah. Yeah, his rows because when, you know, you can save X amount of water, you know, for however much cotton you're growing, and it's like, and he was so proud of like, his systems and doing good yeah doing yeah. good and yeah and it's just really interesting like you, you don't even ever consider that side of things until you kind of go out and see it yourself or hear the stories direct from like, and, the farmers because yeah, all you hear is like the cubby station who are just fucking ripping water out of you know all the eco it's just you don't yeah you hear the bad bad news cells oh, of course yeah but like to to your point the cotton stuff like we were down at wagga at a ball the other night and i think even in industry we don't really understand kind of just how cool different areas are. So we were there having a beer at a black tie event and a mate's got this robot that's working on his, uh, in his paddocks, just spraying, spot spraying crops. And he's like, let, here, let me show it. And he's like, oh, the fuck has stopped. So then he gets his phone out, starts it up again, 11 o'clock at night. And he's there having beers at Wagga and back up at North Star, he's got the robot running around the paddock doing the spraying for him. Like the, the industry is mind blowing. Come like a long cool. way. Like drones, a lot of drones and stuff being used for like, yeah, it is cool, isn't it? And I suppose, obviously, where the industry has got to go is, like, automation because you just can't fucking get people 
can you? That's like the hardest thing. And like the automation part is, is, is massive. And the tech that's being invested into the ag sector is pretty incredible. Because like I, yeah, obviously when I was at Marcus, the stuff that we were seeing like just with telemetry or whatever and just like – because like when I was working the Territory, it was two full-time bull runners five days a week, both driving, you know, 10, 12-hour days, both in diesel utes, filling up Kubota diesel engines. Fuck, you know, like the you got the labour, the two cars, the wear and tear on the vehicle, the diesel – Plus all of the fucking engines out there that need to be, you know, yeah. renewed and fixed up. And now it's all submersibles they're putting down out there. Like I've got a good mate of mine that's out there putting all submersibles down the Barclay and it's like everything's, you know, the manager yeah, just sits there it. in the morning. He's like, oh, there's an issue there. Send someone out. You know what I mean? Like all of the innovation that's happening is fucking incredible. And yeah. no, again, no one's sort of hearing about that sort of stuff, right? Everyone just thinks that, um, yeah, the ag industry is all outdated. They're all a bunch of hicks. They're ruining the environment. And fuck, you know what I mean? It's it's really weird. It's oh, really I couldn't weird. be further from the truth, hey? Like yeah. When you actually get behind and below the surface, it's, God, there's some incredible people. And just like true problem solvers too. It's like they're not, the vast majority of people aren't just going, oh, yeah, let's just go and do this because it's fun. Like they, they've got a legit problem and they'll solve that problem. It's like. The fundamentals of any good business, hey? Yeah, totally. So where's it taking you, like, geographically? You've been around Australia? Like, you've been, like, how do you find your humans? Like, how do you find your people? Yeah, well, so I had, like, these big old bold aspirations that I want to share 10,000 stories of people from the very beginning. Um, I'm probably tracking, geez, I reckon I'm probably only, like, 300, so I've got a while to go after, like, three years. Um, the first thousand will be the hardest. They'll just start to yeah. steamroll off that. Well, hopefully, yeah, we start to get a bit of critical mass off it. But in terms of, since going full-time... Um, I've jumped around a little bit. So, yeah, South Australia, Victoria, New South Wales, ducked up through Queensland into the Territory um, a couple of weeks ago. Here in Brizzy now for this week, back to Victoria next week. So, yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah, it's awesome, mate. It's awesome. Well, I want to change tune a little bit, start talking about some of the key issues that are happening in the ag sector at the moment. We're talking off air uh, about the foot and mouth disease. Um, There's been a lot of stuff in the papers over the last few weeks. Again, yeah, sort of mates of, of ours that are in the ag industry are sort of talking about how big your issue it is mate explain to us i know it's not your thing we've just interviewed someone about it so tell us what foot and mouth disease is and, and what the fuck is going on yeah god i better preface it that i'm not the expert and i think that's the beauty <laughs> of what i'm doing is you just find the people that can yep. come in in terms of foot and mouth disease so basically it's a it's a sore which works its way out and so i, I spoke to andrew henderson from safe Meat, but so foot and mouth disease is a highly contagious disease <laughs> It works its way out of the animal f- through either the mouth, through sores or through its feet. Um, they basically end up being lame. Um, and the only way to actually control it is to eradicate the animals that are infected with it. Yep. Um, in terms of if it, it, it has existed in Australia before, back in like 1870s. So it oh, has really? been in Australia, then it was eradicated. 30 years ago was the last time it was as close as what it is. It was actually in Indo. So Okay. Yeah, so the Australian government and... Indonesian government have got a pretty good track record of actually working together to um, address it, and they did that 30 years ago, moved it away. But, like, it, it exists and it flares up. But for Australia, biosecurity is is hugely important to us being able to access trading partners around the world. We're known for producing really high-quality food that's safe, um, that is traceable, and that we can verify that this product is actually what it says it is. So for us, yeah, the number one priority is keep the thing out of Australia um, because it yeah, will absolutely devastate the ag sector if it does get in. Yeah, so what will happen if it gets in here? Oh, God. Be, um, oh, well, I think probably the thing which I've learned after talking to people, there is because it's such um, an infectious and horrible disease, 
there has been so much work happening in the back end for decades in terms of if it comes into Australia. So what happens? So what Hendo said to me, it's broken down into a couple of different areas. There's pre-border, which is like how Australians working with like the Indonesian government. Pre-border is also in terms of how they're surveying and keeping an eye on things and people who are travelling overseas. And there's like a quarantine. And then within Australia, we've got our kind of post-border. So the Australian side, and that's where our national livestock identification system comes in, which is actually about tracking, tracing animals. And that's twofold. It's one, so we can um, ensure for our market access that we we really are providing safe products and, and we can actually verify that into the markets. But then on the flip side too is in the case of something like this coming out, it actually becomes like a contact tracing system and goes, right, oh, those animals have come in contact with these animals. This is where they've gone. Yep. So exactly what we've seen with COVID. Um, but I guess, yeah, the... Cattle have had an individual tagger for the last 20-odd years. Sheep don't have it, so a little bit more complex. But, yeah, I think the, the thing is, like, it's, it's absolutely alarming, but Australia is so advanced in so many areas that actually I think we've got to put a bit of faith in the system as well that exists and know that there's some incredibly smart people, that it's not that we've been asleep at the wheel, that if it comes into here, there's going to be, yeah, some really sharp kind of, distinct actions so i think the first one which hendo said was if it's detected as soon as it's detected there's a standstill of all livestock in australia nothing moves anywhere and they work out right where's the infected area yeah and from that and they start to implement their plan sorry you were gonna go no no because right. a big concern right is because it's for any hooved animal right so it's anything with a split hoof right mm-hmm. is that how it works yeah because i was talking um yeah to my cousin the other day and he you know used to be on the um um, MLA board and like it's yeah pretty big in the ag sector and he was saying the big concern is if it gets in like the buffalo um, or the feral pig uh, population because you know those fuckers you know move and move far quickly um, he was talking about they did a, a thing up up at Tipperary like I don't know how long ago it was but they like they caught and tagged like 50 pigs or whatever with GPSs and then they tried to get out there like the next day or whatever and shoot them out of a helicopter and it took them something like three weeks to track them all down because like one pig like did like 50 or 60 k's yeah, right. in about whatever it was 12 hours like it just moved so far yeah. and the rest were all in such thick heavy link like they couldn't get them out of they had to get a bow hunter to crawl into one spot to fucking shoot it because the helicopter knew exactly where it was but couldn't actually even see it because it was so thick scrub so you know what i mean so yeah, right. if it happens in within those populations that's the other really big concern and obviously because of the vast areas that you know occupy northern australia that if that does take place it could be really hard to sort of yeah pull it back up because obviously you know down the Darling Downs, everything's, everything's a bit more under control. But up there, it's a bit still, you know, wild, wild west, west to a degree, <laughs> right? So that is that is a bit of a concern, I would say, for a few producers out there, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, yeah, the, the black and white of it, if it comes into Australia, it will have devastating impacts. And the, It's like $80 billion, the CSIRO was saying. It could affect the yeah. Australian economy, like $80 billion. So I think there's going to be a huge economic... Yeah, there's going to be a huge economical kind of issue. But off the back of it too, it's like all the different complementary services and businesses that come off the back of it. You you think if we see it when there's drought, we see it when there's flood, we've seen it when there's bushfires, like the mental health and kind of community impacts that happen in rural, Austra- rural Australia, like they are absolutely devastating. If something like this comes in, yes, there's going to be hugely significant financial challenges, but then we've also got the human mm. cost and... I don't think you're going to – how do you quantify that? So I think at the moment the kind of trust is that the system is working and that those who are appointed, like, 
in terms of governments and industry like people are, are working really hard to to make sure that it doesn't come into australia they're doing as much as they can overseas in indonesia but i think there's it, it's such a complex area in terms of it, it could take several years to become under control over oh, in fuck indonesia. really yeah like the vaccination stuff even if it's in australia so what hendo was saying so once it comes into australia uh or once it comes into a country to be able to get your um, foot and mouth disease free um status you, you can't have any cases in that country for, th- for three months. And every time a new case pops up, that three months starts again. And that's only – so that three-month window is when you can actually apply to say, we're now foot and mouth disease free. free. Yeah. And then from that, then your trading partners can go, we'll reapply to come back into our market. So, yeah, it's a huge flow-on impact. But I think the, the government's working in Indo um, in terms of they're, they're managing the borders, I think as long as people are being vigilant and i think that's where like the individual accountability comes in if you're traveling whether you're from a farm or anywhere yeah don't bring food products back and and wash Wash your shoes yeah i think they're even someone who was saying that they're doing a a, buyback buyback yeah just leave your shoes in bali leave them in bali and they'll just give you new shoes probably crocs who knows but yeah. Australia's got the best biosecurity in the world, right? Like, we've, like, got the best. Like, we're locked up pretty well, so. Yeah. The beauty of being you, an island, I guess. You trust it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does help. But also, me. there must be, like, seeing, you know, some of the, like, some of your mates that I've seen sort of posting about it and whatnot. There must be a lot of fear and, I suppose, that disconnect between city and country people. And I guess, like, you know, you see everyone going to Bali at the moment. Like, borders have just opened up. Everyone's going over partying. Like, and there'd be very little understanding of the the impacts that it can have to an entire industry and the country as a whole. Yeah. And I think that probably speaks to the disconnect between city and country as well and actually understanding, you know, what goes on out there and, and, the, and the devastating impacts that it could have if you don't take it seriously, right? Well, I think it's one of those... It's like COVID. Like, so many of the, your armchair experts turn up. And this is one thing that I really didn't want to do through Humans Back. And it's... You know, like when these things pop up and you're like, oh, I don't like, I honestly don't know what to say, so I'm not going to say anything. So I sat on it for a few days and then I was like, right, what can we say? So I just came out with something really basic. But then I was like, okay, let's go and find the experts, the people who have been working on this stuff for years. Let's chat to them. But what I said to Hendo, I was like, talk to me like I know absolutely nothing because I, I really don't. So tell me what foot and mouth disease is. Tell me like how long has it been a, on the radar and a concern for Australia? Um, yeah, I, I think... There's such an art in communication and I think when it comes to big issues or anything, like so much can – if you – like the old idiot's guides, anyone could service a car if they follow the idiot's guide to car mechanics. Like yeah. how, do we, how do we bring that back to communication when it comes to like these big issues? And I think that was something which I really like noticed through COVID. Hey, was um, – yeah, just, just tell me the facts – but tell it to me in a simple way that I can understand. But then it's not the, – the sad part is is it's never going to be that again because – like we were saying yesterday, we spoke at Henley Homes down in Melbourne yesterday and there was two questions at the end. The second one was something around how, oh, what was the, um, like what was the uplift and, and call volumes and stuff through COVID and everything like that? And, you know, we were like, well, you know, we have had a dramatic increase of calls through to TX mm. for people to get support, which is awesome. And the thing is, is that that was just what was happening then and the mm. media will continue to fucking put the next issue in front of everyone because that's what that gets the clicks at what's, you know, yeah. um, I wouldn't even, the, the amount of housing crash fucking articles that I would have seen on news, you know, over the last three years, there'd have to be literally tens of thousands of them that have been printed like housing crash, housing crash, housing crash. Now it's interest rates, interest rates, interest rates. So it's fucking, mm. it's like, 
they're del- it's obviously it's all deliberate because they want people to click and freak out, and that's the whole thing. It's like, yeah, and that's not propaganda, but it's like they want to sca- that scaremongering, right? Because that's what gets people clicking through. But this what what we need as human beings to you know again it's that human element to make sure you know us as a collective community of people are fucking all right and mm. don't have to have these huge highs and huge lows is just we just need simple straight up and down facts oh yeah and we're not and we sadly don't get that and you see it with everything like even like climate change right people are like oh, it's fucking all bullshit blah 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 and the people are like it's fucking got to act now it's all fucked we're fucked we know it's like righto well like renewable energy it's like when we went up to Kidston the other day we were asking about renewable energy and it was like well yeah we've actually got heaps of renewables already in the system what we don't have is like nowhere to storage. storage yeah we're producing yeah, heaps and, of and we're like yeah. and i'm like why the fuck do i not well not you know me being like i should know everything but like why do i have i not read about that why yeah. is that not a thing like that makes so much sense now because it's like you know it's but i reckon that's that, yeah. where like as a brand or whatever if you can connect with people and this is like you're never going to be everything to anyone but like the daily oz in terms of how they have been able to decipher news it's literally going to your instagram yeah, daily Oz, and just within five bloody swipes, you can be like, "Oh yeah, cool." I'm kind of I'm across that enough to be a generalist to yeah. know that yeah, it doesn't really concern me. Yeah, and, and I reckon that's where like brands will get like cult followings. Is it if when people are like, oh, they actually just understand how I want to be talked to? It's giving it in layman's then, terms, so I can make a decision on how yeah. I stand with that, and that's that's all I need. Yeah, you know. And if I'm interested, I might um, hit you guys up, or I might join in the comments or something. So, totally. Yeah, yeah, I think, mate. Yeah, it's interesting. It's um. It's going to be, yeah, I suppose it's up to well, us, um, you know, our little platforms or whatever to be able to do that sort of stuff. The access to information is pretty overloading at times though, eh? Like, and there's it's like too much of it. That there is way too much. And like you talk about, you know, mental health and what whatnot, you know, I mean, you can dive into the whole social media aspect of it or whatever, but there's just so, like, yeah, our brains are evolving so fast now. Like we just need that constant and like. that is what I've noticed is like if I haven't checked like ABC News or whatever for a while, I'd go back on and check it. You like feel I'm disconnected or something? Or you're oh, like, yeah. really? Fuck, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh, news. Fox Sports especially. If I don't, I check Fox Sports NRL probably twenty times plus a day. Like I'm got on the that. mail about Scott Prince. I haven't checked that recently. What's happened oh, there? God. Coming for the reunion. Oh, a trio of dips. Is it? Farah, Benji, and uh, Scotty Prince. Anyway, oh, <laughs> digress. <laughs> Always Sheensy. He's getting FOMO. Anyway, but I reckon. Well, on that too, like the. Because knowing that I was coming to talk to you guys, I was like, oh, shit, I wonder like, what the latest stats are around rural mental health, et cetera. And I actually found that like, if it's really hard to find relevant up-to-date. Like, the, the top-ranking yeah. one is stats from 2017, and the last one was 2019, and I was like, oh, shit, I don't even know where we're at now. I was like, oh, surely the whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had um, – like, we've got that map. I don't have it in front of me, but we've got, uh, like, a map of Australia where calls have taken place to TX over the last financial year. It's pretty awesome. Like, we've got spread literally – Across the country, like every yeah, state wow. and territory, which is fucking awesome, mate. Um, you, the fuck that joke you did. That, <laughs> I did that, a good the joke with the grain girls. girls. He never has any good jokes. What did you say? Oh fuck! Hang uh, on. I would, let me go pull the map. It's, up there's, a, there's a map, and there's a there's a map, and we had it up on the big screen there, obviously. And I'm like, you know, there's we've got dots all around Australia, mostly on the east coast, but there's like you see them all around Australia. And there's a dot right at the tip of Cape York, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh fucks me, who called? They must have had a flat tire or something. <laughs> 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 I'm like they must have had a flat tire and couldn't get onto anyone, so they rang TX. Uh, but anyway, but um, you know, I still remember the number from your your jingle there, Dan, last time. What remember is your jingle? Oh, four triple eight four six nine double eight. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, 
That's the, good. Uh, That's great. That's good to know. Yeah, Why don't that's... we get that jingle happening? Well, yeah, I mean, I Well, you know. made it up on the spot, I reckon, that time. Yeah, and then that's, it's, and then that's it... always stuck with me, but I um, that's the whole point of jingles. It's in my head. 13, 13, 32. Is that pizza? Lubemobile, mate. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you shitting me? Wow. <laughs> in the Lubemobile, bro. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Oh no, that jingle I think that's the whole thing with jingles, isn't it? They just fucking earworm. But the big thing with um I with, need the, to get it with the TAC side is the amount of data now that we're collecting because we invested like a heap of money into, you know, so like de-identified data basically. So if anyone calls, um your private information's not passed on. It's just, you know, you're a male, age bracket. Location, occupation, X, Y, Z. Because yeah, cool. here you go. Here's the map. That's Sorry, the, yeah. There's Cape York at the top Cape there. York at the top <laughs> <and all. laughs> yeah, but what? So we are getting a good spread. Obviously, you know, East Coast. Is yeah, nationally, it's great. Yeah, national, but it's um, but what we've what we've noticed, like for us to be able to progress the charity forward and get further funding, is like our revenue driver is data. Yeah, so we can't collect data. Well, how do we prove anything to any potential donor, right? So. In regards to rural Australia, um, we'll have to pull up the the occupation stuff and let you know because we would have all that in there, like anyone rural, yeah. know, which is awesome. Yeah, we're checking out occupation. So, yeah, everything de-identified, age, gender, location, um, all that kind well, of stuff. Well, leading – and the leading um, reason for people calling us relationships. Really? Yeah. That's a r- leading symptom for people mm. to, to reach out to us. God, I don't think I've been calling you guys. Yeah, <laughs> so, mate, it's fuck, it's it's good, eh? Like it's it's really yeah. interesting. And anecdotally, like I, I feel like it's you know when people have got issues in their relationship, they're like, "Fuck, what's going on at home?" Like nothing's right. But there's obviously always yeah. these all these other issues, contributing factors. You know, financial stress, whether you add up the you know up the piss or whatever you're doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever else is going on, and the symptom, the main symptom comes out in your relationship, right? And then they dive into that and find out that there's a whole lot of other things in your life that are sort of causing this symptom to, to get worse. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think people ring up and they're just like, fuck, I don't know what's going on, but my relationship's fucked, yeah. you know? So, yeah. It is, uh, it is interesting. It's so good. Like 1,700% increase in call volumes last financial year. 1,700%. Yeah, I was saying, I said yesterday at Henley Homes, I was like, if we were a for-profit business, we'd be we'd a fucking, fucking yacht. Yeah, we have a, yeah, we have <laughs> a camo somewhere. So it's but really... Last yeah. year was the growth year for TX for sure. So it's just like... And so like off the back of that, how like how many people have you guys got now answering calls? Got, I think we had, I think we had 12. 12. We've got 12 counsellors. 12. 12. Yeah. So we've got a... So, yeah, mate, for us, like, the big thing has been, like, just establishing a process, you know, and figuring out how to best service the community. And that's, like, we never want to be a 24-hour service because we're sort of doing, you know, early to middle, well, not sort of, we are early to mid-level intervention. There's plenty of cross-support services. We're trying to get up further up the stream. Mm-hmm. So part of that is, well, there's no point being 24 hours a day because, you know, people just to be able to ring up whenever you want, it's going to be a sort of a proactive decision yep. to call up and book an appointment it's still free but you know you got to actually get in there and do it so yeah a triage system as well so that you know chat to a triage person who answers the call and they kind of figure out sort of where you're at and the scheme of things and how urgent you know your need is and that kind of thing so you're booked into a slot that suits you and, and that kind of stuff and so. also making yeah. sure that people it's it's funny there was someone that commented the other day that was you know turned away from tax and it was like you know put in another direction of wherever to go because uh, from what it sounded like in their comment, they were just ringing up for like a bit of a chat. And it's like, well, yeah, chatting's good, but we're also trying to get you from not needing to talk to us. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like yeah, yeah. It, there's a, it's a relationship that has an ending. 
Yeah. It can start again, but there's a beginning, which is I need you and for X, Y, Z or what's happening or, or actually just finding out why I needed to call and then going from there to I no longer need this because you've improved me or I've gotten better or you haven't improved me and I need to go somewhere else for further help. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah so it's literally yeah. just that funnel. Hey, yeah. you guys sit somewhere in there and you either go back yeah. in the top and you come back into us. Because we're not, then you, yeah, you we're not for everyone. And that's the point, right? Because we can't be for everyone. And it's a, like there's a, a person that's called Kids Help. Was it like 10,000 times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was fucking 10,000 times. We but did just ring up. Just one a, person. Yeah, just, but, but they're just mate. Like they just ring up for a yarn because they're lonely, right? And that's cool. But yeah. that's not what we do. Yeah, it's like yeah. that. We're not there. We're not there to be so much someone's friend, right? We're there to be someone's counselor. Like we're, you know. And so. I think that's a big part of managing expectations as well. It's like we, you're okay. You're here now. You're not going to be stuck here forever. Whatever emotional, psychological state you're in, it's like mm. you're here, and we want to actively get you to here. And this is the process that we're going to follow to do that. So it's kind of like mapping out that journey, yep. so that people understand. There's going to be a there's a solution here. You know, this, this relationship has an end date. We just got to find it when it is. Yeah, you know. Which is, yeah, again, like when you're trying to... It's hard, like it's a hard, it's a it's a juggling act, isn't it? But then it's also too, at least that way, you know, this is what you do, yeah. that's what you do, and uh, yeah, then you actually can have a real impact because otherwise if you try and be everything to everyone, you just end up... Well, and also, and, but you've also, like, we, we've also, I mean, we talk about it as if we're doing it, like we're just fucking like, yeah, we're, we're not counsellors, we don't answer the phone. <laughs> we've got but, a, this is the thing we talk about, and we're both on our own mental health plans at the moment, we've both got our own psychologists, we can't use... Our own people because we pay them; they work for us, and so we're out like providing this to the community, and then we're like paying for ourselves. So it's like <laughs> anyway, so like raise like literally like millions of dollars for free care, but we've got to go pay our own money. Anyway, it's funny. Um, write a book about it one day. But um, watch this space. Watch yeah. this space. But that's that level of uh, yeah, maintaining your, your your lane, you know. And it's the same thing. Like people like oh, you come out and you know we want to do site barbecues and or whatever. Talk to our team. It's like well. No, we don't. Like, trademark has work shirts and you wear them and you start conversations and TX is a free telehealth text and call service. They don't come out and talk to your team because of X, Y, and Z. And when you can explain that to people, they go, oh, yeah, makes sense. It's just that education. It is hard. It's been hard, though, like, establishing who, what you are to who. You know what I mean? Like, actually figuring that out. And how long do you reckon, because I was saying to Ed on my way in and I was like, I'm still, like, I'm, I'm juggling this piece. Like, so we've been, Humans Bag's been around for like three years and now it's like, okay, cool, we've got whatever. So across the platforms, 30-odd thousand people, but it's like, what are the next 30,000 look like and who do I really want that to be? Like, this is what, these are the demographics. I've got all the data on who they are now, but like, who who are we trying to talk to? Who's your audience? Who are your customers, et cetera, like? Mm. Well, the irony is they sort of come to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The irony is, like, you can try and be, like, we've tried to do that and we were like, well, we're trying to talk to these people, but it doesn't, they just come, they just navigate toward you if they take up what you like. Like, we've got a pretty broad range of people that, you know, follow Trademark. So when we first started, we are like... Who aren't even tradies. Yeah. You know, yeah. They don't we have a huge people. community that aren't even tradies, and we're like, well, who who actually is our customer, our audience now? Like, healthcare professionals, teachers, just white-collar workers, anyone. Like, yeah. they just resonate with the, 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 the core I and think, the concept. I think the most important part is whatever you're doing, you need to maintain the passion for it, right? So, like, whatever you do that you're like, this is what I fucking do. It's like I tell stories about people in agriculture and you maintain passion about that. Other people will be like, I want to hear these stories. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it passes on. It's the same. It's it's like those sorts of 
and obviously within the media with what you're doing, people then pass that on. It's like, hey, this is a great bit of content or I heard this great story or whatever. They pass mm. it on to their mates and it sort of floods out that way. It's not sort of, um, yeah, putting it all up in lights. I mean, like this is the next thing. It's sort of like it just happens like organically and floods out. Yeah, because like we, like to this point right now, there's no way that any of this was part of the plan really. Yep. You know what I mean? Like we literally started with, we started with, 1500 work shirts and spent all our cash on it like, there was no plan to have 12 counsellors we've just had do a podcast nine and a half thousand <laughs> people studio. come through yeah or like any of it you know it what I mean painted naked yeah exactly. well I mean no that was planned that was a long term vision that was five year plan yeah so get into naked painting and I think that's probably been one of the biggest lessons because we've made so many mistakes we've fucked up so much stuff for sure we've had we a lot fuck of up all the time yeah and all but, the time but like and that's I think that's part of the why the cliche of the journey or whatever yeah it is very true like oh, you just sure. sort of put yourself out there and it kind of one thing leads to the next and you know the people kind of yeah gather around and i think the big thing obviously for what you're doing is just telling telling it how it is you know mm. what i mean like this is it and it's just like it's either it's like really hard to hear or it's really awesome to hear but it's like that's what's actually happened you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. that i think that's what people well i reckon with. like one thing i, I love so when I do a story on someone and Facebook's cooler than any other platform because you can see where it's shared to. Yeah. And often like it, it might only get a few shares or it might get a few hundred or whatever, like, but you go back and so when that person shares it on their own platform and tag in it or whatever and you look at the comments and it's like, you just have the, just such a cool little feel good moment where it's like, so proud of you. Love that you're doing this. I had no idea you're doing this. Like you straight away from someone, literally all we're doing is just going, hey, let's just have a chat. We'll, create a bit of a story around it. You've then reconnected or created connections between their existing network and a whole bunch of people who actually have no idea about that person but now know something about them. Yeah, yeah, a bit more inter intimate details. That is one of yeah. the coolest things about Facebook, isn't it? It's different to TikTok and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Like that ability to share mm. and find out new things like that really is good with people that you're connected to. And you need those little dopamine hits from knowing that people actually give, give a, a shit. fuck yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's the only proof point that you've got really literally like, well yeah it's probably the biggest one and like that's what kind of keeps you know people like you and us and whoever going you know yeah what's the who's that well not to make your pick from all your you know 300 people oh, yeah stories like yeah, what's, the, what's gonna, the big yeah. what's the biggest well uh, the you know the hardest or best story you've done the one that stuck with you like what's that story i'm covered any dirt any any you know any dirt? Jeez, I don't know about that. Um, I'll come back to you on that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but is there one that's like... That I'll try and make something th up that here was in like the next a, five minutes. That was, that. A real, was, was there one that was like, that was, that was a good one? Like, you really enjoyed that one? Is there one that stands out? Oh, there's so, like, I think there's just, like, there's so many. In terms of, um, like, every conversation I've ever had, and, and that's where, I, I guess, to your point around the passion, there's something I really want to know about that yep. person. So the very first conversation I ever had was with Mark LeBroy, the chef, and I wanted to know more about, like, that chef side of things. And I wanted to know about his hunting and how, he, how like, when they're the chef, how do they go about sourcing all the information, sourcing the food, and then transferring that to consumers. So that was, like, where it all began. And I was just, like, so fascinated by his thinking and how he thought of, like, multinationals and how he went and hunted his own meat for his family and whatever else. Um, then I reckon... Uh, like Sam Fryer's, so it was part of the series we did with you guys. Oh, Sam Dizzle. Fryer, yeah. legend. That was um, that was really cool. Yeah, I don't like. I, I think a cool part for me is actually just getting connected into people who, like, I feel like I know a little bit about. Like today, Troy Setter, CPC, 
I've, I've seen Troy from the outside, but you actually get the chance to sit down with them and go, um, yes, we've got a podcast and there's people listening, but right now it's just, just two of us me. chatting. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about podcasts. It's like we'll have a conversation. I'll ask you things that I never would ask you if we didn't have the headphones or microphones Which in front of so us. Which is so fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah. Why do we do that? It's our little shields, isn't it? These <laughs> yeah. Because you feel brave. And then, and then it's like imagine we're sitting in here and then you've got 3,000 people sitting around listening to yeah. us, but we're just in this room. Like if we walked out that door and there's thousands of people and they're just like, – Yeah, that's it what is a podcast weird – I know, I know. But you don't um, – because I noticed like well, we have fucking very it's, deep it's chats. The but art of conversation – it literally is the art of conversation. It's uh, instead of just like a passing, you know, conversation or, or you know, whatever that you might – Because you're here to have in, one. Yeah, you, you actually mm. – you're here to consciously sit down and converse. Like it's – so you, you do. You put the effort in. It's sort of like a counselling session. Oh, 100%. It is. Like the amount of times I've learned, like when it came to making a career decision or something, I'd be like, right, I'm not sure if I want to be in like a big company. So I'm going to go and chat to them and I'm going to be like, oh, tell me, like, do you, like a director or CEO, I'll be like, do you ever think about like not being in this business? Like, do you ever just like, yeah, wake up in the morning and you're like, I don't, I don't want to be here. I want to go do something that has real purpose behind it. And then, yes, off some of those conversations, I actually talk about, well, yes, they're working for a big, big corporate, big organization, but then their purpose is actually about like, building up their team members and seeing them come in and maybe resign or get like a, a step up and actually where their fulfillment comes off actually growing other people. And you're like, Oh, like it's, it, everyone just fills their cup up a different way. Yeah. True. True. It is. Um, yeah, it is. It is interesting. Isn't it? What people get up to. So what's Troy, what's Troy's thing? Is he, cause he's obviously CEO, like CP, CPC, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, like just chatting about like his journey, that's a big part of it. So I kind of, if I think I'm sitting down with someone of like a circle, so yeah, a little bit of a, a chinwag at the beginning. It's always the most awkward part of a podcast. Hey, like, oh, come back and do an intro later and we'll yeah, work yeah, out what, yeah. the, what we start. But let's start, okay. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, a bit of a chit-chat, like what's happening. And then go back to like where where did this passion start for them? Like why, where did that first kind of love of agriculture come? And so for some people it's through their dad or being out in the cattle yards or whatever it was in nature. And for others it's kind of come to them later in life. And so from there it just start weaving and see where we go i think it's interesting like even passions i was only chatting to my wife about this the other day because when we went out to um yeah cam space at mooney and stuff i was like fu- i was like fucking je- i was like jealous of him i was like fuck this is what i was like i would fucking this is what i would love to be doing how much you know turf I mean? did he have oh he's, ma- oh he's managing oh he did tell me i think it's like six and a half thousand acres he's managing at mooney no but how about like for, for oh grass oh there's yeah. plenty yeah he's got a fucking ride on there don't <laughs> worry he's got a ride on He's got a ride on going, yeah, great big lawn. Yeah. It's right. awesome. Well, maybe you can um, start there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know, that lifestyle, it's like, yeah, that because I had like I had that passion originally, but like I actually had to change mine. As like I explained to my wife the other night, I was like, I had to actually change it and like suppress that passion of like the land because, well, I left and then I came to Brizzy and then I started a carpentry apprenticeship. So I couldn't be like doing this carpentry apprenticeship and being like, oh, fuck, I'd love to be back on the land again because it was like, that's what I've got to do now. So I've got to narrow this focus in. And then that passion then changed into like trade, not obviously what we're doing here now, but it's like, well, I still actually have that passion over there that I've been like pushing down for quite a while. Mm. And it's the same thing with you as well with like the documentary thing. You're like, that. I'm really, pa-. you know what I mean? It's like, you've got these passions, but you can't. Well, it's just like, I don't know, like that. I wouldn't say it's a pat. Like it might be a passion. It's just something I like to try. Oh, you, you know you what know I mean. What I'm like, but there's, yeah, yeah, a, there's yeah. a bunch of things that you know. I don't think where anyone ever is at a point in time is where they're just you know going to be forever. Yeah. Like if you, yeah, if you're not, 
It's just an, it's just an not, interesting one. If you're not growing, you're, you're, dying, you're dying kind yeah. of thing. And, um, you know, I think you can be sta- – like I think you can stagnate, you know, for a while or you can get comfortable, but I think it's also important to kind of try things and, you know. Totally. that's – it's all about, I yeah, guess, yeah. Isn't it? Like, but it was like, I think yeah. that's what fuels your imagination, yeah, though, isn't it? Like you being like, oh, I'd love to do that, and that's like, I've got so like a million ideas, probably the same as you guys. <laughs> but I reckon, like when you're doing jumping in and doing your own thing, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this because I actually genuinely want to do it. Whereas, yeah, when you, what I found when I was working for a salary, like I really invested myself in like those businesses and stuff. But did I absolutely love it? Like definitely, when I had humans of ag on the side, no way. I wanted to. I was constantly thinking about this thing all day every day exactly exactly um, yeah i don't know I, I guess that's part of it that, the like, stepping stones are a big part of it for sure like mm. you can't just you can't always just be in a place where you're like fuck yeah I'll, i'm so passionate about what i'm doing this is fucking great you know what i mean like you need the you need the stepping stones to be like actually this is not what i'm about and yeah. that's where you sort of explore where you want to go you know like and i think it's yeah very important to keep that imagination alive totally and also too like i bloody love farming what i want to farm every day no, nah, probably not. I don't know. But like, do you want to farm? Like, do you actually want to? Would you do it? Well, like, I'd say probably at this point in time, no. Only because I've like I've I've got that choice that if I really wanted to do it, I probably would do it. Whereas like I've just I see like such an opportunity in an area which I can have like a a significant impact in, and I'm bloody passionate about it, and I love talking to people. And it's like, how do we yeah help promote the industry? Like, it's this area which exists that if I was inside the farm gate doing that every single day, I probably wouldn't get the chance to do that. So Yeah, and it's kind of funny, look, media companies or any any brand, any success story or whatever, they always just start out. They could always it's gotta start somewhere. Like you you know, give it twenty years and it's, you know Yeah. Be the next bloody Murdoch, you know? Well, <laughs> maybe maybe not so much like that, but you know phone taps and all that's the- just how <laughs> it's it's yeah. It's and just, we'll just making my last name so everyone knows how to say it. Yeah, there you go. You need to have yeah. the brackets outside of it, the pronunciation brackets. <laughs> like Lee. what's on a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you see in a dictionary. Yeah, yeah. Multiple. Yes. So like, yeah, have like a little bit of a riddle to it. Far <laughs> out. <laughs> well, mate, uh, how are we going for time, DK? About an hour. We're good? We're good for time? How, um, so where what's, to, where yeah, to what's next? next? What's, what's going next? on? Oh, this is the part which I'm yeah trying to work out. So, fuck, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give me something. No, so um, we've always been doing the podcast now for geez, it'll be three years. How many episodes have you done? Three hundred? Nah, hundred and thirty something. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, so plugging away. Um, it's a lot goes into it. Like mm, fucking heaps. I think you, people are videoing it now too, don't you? Yeah, yeah so yeah. video is part of it. So I guess yeah, trying to when we say like a media brand, it is so humans vags definitely. A brand in itself, probably how I set it up. I don't want to like, I don't want to bastardize that humans of ag brand. I wanted to keep it like super authentic. It's always about people, faces, experiences, blah, blah, blah. So that's one part. But then on the other side, I really want to play into probably more of this like education space. So yeah, there is existing video like landline, Mustard Dogs on the ABC did hugely successful. But I reckon there's a, a bit of a mixture between say like a dirty jobs. You know, if you throw things out into the universe, it comes true. So like a mixture of dirty jobs. So let's go into a day in the life, but imagine all the different roles you could do in ag, but you actually could take people along with you for it. So maybe that's where like the city audience comes into it. We take a different person or a couple of different people and go, Look, let's go and work on a pig farm. Let's go and do this. Yeah. See I, what it's like. I so. was chatting to, oh, I can't, her name escapes me. Fuck. She works for the ABC out in um, Longreach and 
Oh, can't, it was when. Can't uh, help, yeah. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. I was flying back out there. Oh, we've done it. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about as well. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, it's oh, Nicole. Is it Nicole. Yes, yes, it is. And uh, she was talking about a, a similar type of thing, but just for like Longreach is a rural community. Mm. She was trying to uh, get a, a TV show together where they'd move like, you know, a married couple, like a gay couple, um, a single mum with kids, and like a, a retired couple, whatever, out into. You know, regional Australia into Longreach or whatever. Yeah, and put them up there for like you know twelve months or two years, or like a or like a business owner or whatever, and move them out there, and yep. then just document it. And be like, what happened? You know what I mean? How did yeah, this? Yeah. How did this go? Because she's like, this like their journey into like assimilating into well, the assimilating town. To a, well, as in going coming from like a city with yeah. like from you know different stereotypes of people within the city and moving to a regional country town with their own preconceived conceptions of how it would be. How do you reckon the Longreach Mardi Gras would go? Fuck, mate. This, I don't know. Longreach is a fucking strange town. Anyway. Ross is moving back. I'm back, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> no, my favourite pub burnt down. But um, how... now. <laughs> but how, um, yeah, people then, you know, join local sporting clubs and, like, all of a sudden, like, the sort of the lid is lifted off and it's like the inner workings of... Yeah, everyone out there's people too, and they have mm. they go through similar trials and tribulations and what goes on. But it's actually a smaller, tighter knit community, and people are actually there, and you know your neighbour, and you fucking go, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, you yeah. drop your kids off at school, but then you're also seeing those same people at the IGA, and when you fuel your car up, and they're on the rugby committee, rugby league committee, or whatever, and you know go fishing on the weekend, or you go down the ski club. And it's like yeah. it's actually just. You know, people do talk about it like a little country town. It's it's what it is. Everyone's there to to help one another. So that was a, an idea she was going to try and get, um, which she was going to cost heaps apparently to get it going. Oh, but interesting, just you relocating know, a few families. But nothing. those the, those sorts of things because even like the Maddie Wright stuff, like you know, it's oh, it's bananas, up, right? Maddie Wright, um, which is awesome. And then yeah. it's have you had him on? No. We wish it'd be great too. Be no, great too. Devastated about Willow though. Willow was yeah. yeah, Willow was a huge trademutter. Was on the yeah, face on with him last year and his family and his kids all wearing trademark. I was just absolutely gutted by that. That was the same week as uh Warney. Um so uh, well, what yeah, that's right. Fuck. Which just absolutely tragic, you know. Died, yeah. died doing what he loved, obviously, but um yeah, I don't know. That was a that was a really hard week to process, mate. Freak accident. Yeah. There's been some tough weeks this year. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's the those because you know even um, the um, was it Troy was it Troy Dan back in the day was oh it Troy God. Dan? Mate, yeah, yeah. I used to be obsessed with him. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> but like that's that's the thing, right? Like people do engage in that Western that you know rural outback content. Oh, mate, mate, Malcolm Douglas was the man. Malcolm you remember Douglas. Malcolm Douglas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a story about Malcolm oh. Douglas, but I'll talk about it off air. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> I won't be fucking raising it on air, I can tell you. Oh. Um, it's a bit Hey, 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 hey. Inner Sanctum, boys. Inner Sanctum. Listeners out there. Listeners wow. Out there. <laughs> um, but, yeah. All right. How are we feeling? Yeah, pretty good. We yeah. happy? I'm soaked. Is there anything, mate, how can uh, listeners get in, get in touch with you? How can they hear yeah. more? Well, I reckon just, yeah, on your favourite podcast app, search Humans of Agriculture, or jump over to our Instagram. Um, Instagram's probably like the hub. Started to play a little bit of TikTok, but God, I, it's a tough. I, I it's hate tough to space. love it, but like it's yeah, yeah. Uh, we're sorry, not I love there. to hate it. I'm not yeah. sure. One of the two. So yeah, check us out on Instagram, <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess if any of your listeners have stories to share, we're always looking out for more. So if you've got a story or know someone who does, get in touch. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate your time. Great to see you, mate. Thanks, fellas. Cheers, bro. How's that? Good. Good. good.
Awesome. If I stop, I'll die. <laughs>